a contradiction that I've recently kind of ran across uh, as I've been talking to a former member. Um, I noticed this contradiction. Hebrews 9.28 is a commonly used scripture um, by this group. And so it says in uh, verse 28 of Hebrews 9, So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Okay, so this is a verse that they use to, to and they apply it to Ong Song Hong, and they say he fulfilled this. Um, so they have basically, in essence, three comings of Christ. There's this first coming when he came as Jesus, and, and they claim that he came a second time as Ong Song Hong in South Korea. And they say this scripture here applies to that. So in essence, you can, you can look into this. I'm not uh, going to uh, pull up their actual uh, teachings, but you can look into this and see that this is what they teach, that um, Ong Song Hong supposedly, uh, he came and, and he brought salvation. The salvation they say that he brought was the restoration of Passover, the, the teaching about mother, uh, mother God, um, all these things that they, they basically will, will kind of, it's built, this teaching is built upon the, the concept that the church basically fell away from the truth, that uh, the church did away with Passover, they did away with Sabbath, they, they instituted Sunday worship, and basically the church was lost. The church was, um, you know, th- there was in the dark ages where nobody had the truth, um, nobody had um, faith, and so they use Luke 18.8, I'm, I'm going to show you the contradiction here in a minute, so just stick with me. This is this is really interesting when I came across it. So they use Luke 18.8, which says, Jesus is talking, he says, I will tell you, or I tell you, uh, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So again, they use this and they apply it to the second coming of Christ, what they say is the second coming, the, the coming of Ong Song Hong. What they will say is that, when that they'll basically use this verse and say Jesus is teaching that when the Son of Man will come a second time, they will he asks this question: Will he find faith on the earth? And in their studies, you can look at this. Um, I think on um, it would be in the Green Book on page ninety nine and one hundred and ten of uh, the Green Book, where they mention this verse. That's one pl- uh, or a couple of places, anyways. Ong Song Hong references it, and the teaching there and the teaching of the WMSCOG is that this. In essence, is Jesus saying, when he comes a second time, he will not find faith on the earth. They apply this to saying that the church fell away, they lost the truth, they 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 uh, got basically did away with Sabbath and Passover, and, and they didn't have the truth. There was no faith on the earth. And so when Ong Song Hong came, their teaching is that there was no faith on the earth because the truth was lost. And so Christ had to come again a second time to restore uh, the truth. In essence, they apply that to salvation, the salvation of Hebrews 9.28. So when it says Christ would appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation, they apply that, uh, or they connect that to Luke 18.8 and saying that Christ would come again. Nobody would have faith on the earth. The truth is lost. And so Ong Song Hong had to come to restore the truth. Okay. I hope you, if you follow with that, now here's the contradiction. Let's finish again Hebrews 9.28. It says he's coming a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation. And who's he bringing salvation to? To those who are waiting for him. Okay, if you look at the ESV, which is a more accurate translation to than the uh, NIV, 
It says he, he would come a second time to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Okay, but wait a minute. Didn't they just teach us in Luke 18, 8, that when the Son of Man comes, he would not find faith on the earth? So they use Luke 18, 8, and they say, when Ong Song Hong came a second time, there was no faith on the earth. The truth was lost. People were in darkness. So that's why he had to come to bring salvation, because nobody had faith. Nobody, nobody had the truth. But yes, they, they use Hebrews 9.28 and apply that to the second coming of Ong Song Hong. But Hebrews 9.28, it says that when he comes, he's coming for those who are eagerly waiting for him. So Hebrews 9.28 is actually teaching us that at Christ's second coming, there will be those on the earth. He's coming to save who? He's coming to save those who, before he came, they're eagerly waiting for him to come. Well, if Luke 18.8 is... is really teaching what the WMSCOG teaches, then when Christ came a second time, there was no faith on the earth. So how could there be those who are eagerly waiting for him? So you have Luke 18, 8, no faith on the earth. There's nobody who will be eagerly waiting for Ong Song Hong when he comes. Then they use Hebrews 9, 28 to say he's coming for those who are eagerly, eagerly waiting for him. So this, you know, this isn't like a, uh, a complete knockout uh, argument, but I just think it's a, it's just another example of how they they just miss things like this. They miss the little details because they're they're misinterpreting scriptures. They're they're pulling scriptures out here and there, and then they're trying to apply them to their doctrine. And in doing so, they they accidentally miss <laughs> miss these little contradictions that they don't see. So I think to me, this is, this is just another uh, clear example of how they misuse the scriptures and how when you misuse the Bible and you misinterpret it, you're going to end up with, with glaring contradictions like this. Where, um, and again, if, if you didn't understand that, I'm, I just, again, want to make that clear. What, what, this, what this contradiction is, is that Hebrews 9.28, they think is applying to the second coming, but it says that when Christ comes again, there's going to be those who are eagerly waiting for him. Well, they say when Christ comes again, nobody will have faith, according to Luke 18.8. Well, if you don't have faith, again, you can't, you can't be eagerly waiting for Christ if you don't have faith. Uh, if you're eagerly waiting for him, that shows you have faith. You have faith in him. That shows you have an awareness of the truth. You have an awareness of the truth of the Bible and prophecy that he's coming a second time. And so you're wa eagerly waiting for that to come. But if you apply their doctrine and their interpretation of Luke 18.8, that just, it doesn't work uh, because, yeah, there's a contradiction here if you apply these verses in the way they do. And that's a problem. And I think it's another, yeah, just an example of how they misuse scripture and how it, it, it turns, uh, yeah, it just creates a lot of issues like this. Little things that if you really pay attention, if you really look into it, and if you really just keep your eyes open as you listen to their arguments and as you look at the scriptures they're using, the very scriptures they're using actually clearly contradict their teaching. So Hebrews 9.28, one of their most commonly used uh, core scriptures, as far as I uh, have seen, it seems like a, a hugely used uh, core scripture for them and their teaching. That very scripture, those very scriptures that they use that are core and foundational for them, if you actually look into them and, and kind of pull them apart, uh, you, you, you see that those very scriptures actually contradict the very teaching that they're uh, uh, claiming that it, that it teaches. So the last thing um, as I uh, finish up this video, I'm going to share this story with you guys now. I want to share this story that 
um, of this member that contacted us. Um, again, this was, uh, this was about a year ago that we got this email and this has been something I wanted to share with you. Um, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna share the name of this person. Obviously they asked that I leave those details out. And so, um, I'm not gonna share any information about who this is, what the name is. Um, but this is a person that, um, contacted me. And so here's, here's what uh, they said. Okay. So kind of, kind of to set the, the stage for this email, this is an email that, uh, we, we, we kind of talked back and forth a little bit before this email that I'm going to read. Um, I'm only going to read a section of it, but this person explained to me the anxiety, the paranoia they were feeling. And, um, after leaving the church and yeah, that's just such to me is just another sign of the bad fruit of this group um, that that people leaving are just they in a lot of cases people that leave cults actually end up needing psychological counseling um, because of of the the emotional impact uh, of the experiences um, and so yeah I just think that's a problem but this is this is just a little part of this um, email that I want to share with you guys uh, a story that's powerful. And um, yeah, I, I'm gonna read this and then we'll talk a little bit about what this person says. So they say, I had always been iffy about mother. Whenever we were supposed to pray to her, I prayed to God and asked if this was really, uh, if this really was the truth and to give me a sign whether to stay or go. Eventually what caused me to leave was a vivid dream that I had. In my dream, I was surrounded by my family and trying to explain the Bible to them in the WMSCOG view, because that's what I thought might be the truth. And then all of a sudden, a huge voice came over us and said something along the lines of Matthew 7, 21 through 23, which says, you will say, Lord, Lord, but I did not know you. And the voice also said this, Madison thinks she knows me, but she doesn't. She's at a false church. And then Acts 4.12 was shown. Um, I woke up shaken and crying, knowing that the dream was my sign that I had been praying for. Um, I immediately looked up Acts 4.12 and saw that it was salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There's just no way that my mind itself came up with that, since truthfully, I don't know the Bible that well to pull out a specific verse. I thank God every day for giving me that sign and getting me out of there. My boyfriend has left too. He believed me and started to see the smoke screens and lies. So that that is uh, crazy. I was that we don't get a whole lot of emails. Um, I mean, we get a whole lot of emails of former members. We've never got an email like that where somebody talks about a specific dream that they had. So this this person they had a dream, and in that dream they saw Acts four twelve. They didn't even know the verse. I didn't even know the reference to the verse. They explained to us that they don't even know the Bible. So they woke up and obviously, as we all know, the, that verse is salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Um, man, that's just um, such a cool testimony of, of one. The, I think that God is speaking to people. Um, you know, if you, you can hear, uh, look up on YouTube, like former Muslims who have dreams about Jesus. And there's a lot of, of people that come out of the Islamic faith 
because they have dreams about a man in white is kind of a common uh, theme of the dreams. They'll see Jesus and Jesus will, will give them some sort of direction in a lot of cases in these dreams and lead them to the Bible, lead them to the gospel. And so, man, it's just cool to see that God is faithful to do that even, even within this group, within the WMSCOG, within people like, like this, this person explains that they were, they felt iffy. They felt unsure about the, the doctrine of mother and in humility, this person just asked, they asked and they prayed to God, is this really the truth? And, and give me a sign, show me. And, and God did. He gave her a dream and showed her this is not the truth. This group is not the truth. There is one name by which we must be saved. There's salvation only found in Jesus. Um, uh, there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And so there's a verse that this, this email makes me think of from Job 33. Um, so I'm going to read Job 33, 12 through 18. Um, so he says, behold, you are not right in this matter. I will answer you for God is greater than man. Why do you complain to him that he answers nothing that a man asks? For God speaks in one way and in another, yet no one notices. In a dream, in a vision, in the night, when deep sleep falls upon men as they slumber on their beds, he opens their ears and terrifies them with warnings to turn a man from wrongdoing and keep him from pride, to preserve his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. Wow. So this person seems to have experienced that, that God gave, gave her in, in a vision in the night, this, this warning about the fact that this group she was beginning to join to, the WMSUG, was not true. It was a false church. And, and he gave her the truth of where salvation can truly be found in. So I just want to give this as one, just a, what a powerful testimony of, of, God's faithfulness and God's faithfulness, not just to this person, but to you who are seeking the truth, to you guys who are sincerely looking for the truth and humility. And you're, you're willing to stop and say, you know, maybe you're in, you've been involved in this church for a while. Maybe you're first getting into uh, this group, the WMSUG. And, and I would just encourage you to do what this person is doing. Don't ignore the checks you might feel that the, the the questions that might arise in your heart when, when you hear the things they teach that you might be like, uh, ah, that doesn't really sit well with me. Don't ignore those things like this person didn't do, but take them to God in prayer and say, is this, is this really true? And then I would, I would encourage you too to go to the Bible yourself and see what it actually teaches. Um, but I would also just encourage you to, uh, heed the warning and the exhortation that God gave this, this, this person in this dream. I would, if you're a member, take this dream and apply it to yourself. Um, God is saying to this person and to you, salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to man by which we must be saved. And so here's the thing with that statement. I know you guys have so many arguments that you are already, you would want to throw against that. Um, I, I'm aware of that, that you, you would um, reply to this in a different way. I just want to, sh to end here to look at a couple verses and then look at the fact that Ong Song Hong himself agreed with this statement. So in Ong Song Hong's book, and I'm going to show you the quote here in a minute, Ong Song Hong claimed and agreed with this statement that salvation is found in no other name but Jesus, not only in this age, but in the next. So here I'm going to go back to the uh, questioning the WMSCOG Instagram page, because this is something that uh, this person uh, shared, a post that they shared that was 
crazy when I saw it because um, uh, I had no idea this was actually in one of Wong Song Hong's books. So here's here I'm just going to show you the post, and here's what it is. It says, um, uh, "This is a quote for those of you who are, maybe are listening on the podcast. This is this is a quote that I pulled up from Wong Song Hong. Um, this is from page 181 of the Mystery of the Spring of the Water of Life. So page 191. This is what Wong Song Hong says." Salvation is found in no other name than Jesus, not only at his first coming, but even in the last days. Okay, so then, then on this post, the, the, the person asked, why does the WMSCOG teach that salvation is found in no other name than Ong Song Hong? Okay, so here, here's a picture of, um, of Ong Song Hong's books. I can't remember. We, we may have shared this picture in a video in the past already, but, but this is a... This is from page 181 of The Spring of the Water of Life. Now, here's the thing. This quote is a, an example of something that the, the WMSCOG, I believe, has since removed. If you're going to find this quote in a book, you're going to have to have one of the older versions because um, they've. I, I have. I actually have a copy of uh, The Mystery of God and the Spring of the Water of Life um, right here, and it's not in the book. Um, I, as far as I can tell, it's not in there. And I think it's a newer edition. It's a newer, uh, more more updated version than, than this one. But here's the quote, page 191. Again, this is Ong Song Hong. He says, there are many false Christs who say, I am the Christ, um, as Jesus prophesied that false Christ would appear in the last days. However, salvation is found in no other name than Jesus, not only in his first coming, but even in the last days. That's Ong Song Hong himself. That's coming from Ong Song Hong's own mouth or his own book, his own words. Um, but the WMSCOG has taken this out. They've removed this from the book because obviously this is hugely problematic for their doctrine. Um, guys, this, this, this is just irrefutable proof of the, the falsehood of this group. Um, I believe that's, that's what's going on here. Okay. So here they, they pull up uh, a little Apart from the uh, the website watv.org, um, here's a quote from the the World Society Church of God's perspective on this um, on this doctrine. It says, "Everyone living in uh, this last age of the Holy Spirit, uh, Christ Ong Song Hong is the Savior of this age. Today, salvation is only given through the name of Christ Ong Song Hong, and only those who are the witnesses of Christ Ong Song Hong and pray in His name will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven." This is the teaching of the WMSCOG. Let's go back. What's the teaching uh, of Ong Song Hong, though? Salvation is found in no other name than Jesus, not only in his first coming, but even in the last days. Interesting. That seems problematic. Uh, that seems like a blatant contradiction. And also, go back to the first part of the quote. He says, now there are many false Christs who say, I am the Christ. As Jesus prophesied, the false Christ would appear in the last days. And from that, he says, salvation is found only in Jesus. Well, it seems that the WMSCOG has just effectively placed themselves into the category of false Christs um, that, that Ong Song Hong was referring to. Because they're blatantly saying, clearly saying, Ong Song Hong is the savior of the sage, and you can only be saved through his name. Ong Song Hong himself did not agree with that, which I believe, again, would effectively put them into the category of being the false Christ that, that Ong Song Hong believed would come and the false Christ that uh, Jesus himself prophesied about. So 
To end this, to wrap this up, I'm gonna look at Philippians 2.5 and then a verse in Acts 1.9. I don't know if many of you guys uh, are at the WMSUG studies this, this verse in Acts 1 very often, but I think again, it presents something that is uh, clearly contradicts their doctrine um, about being only saved through the name Ong Song Hong. And it agrees with Ong Song Hong's own statement that we can only be saved through Jesus. So Philippians 2.5, one of my favorite scriptures right now as it as it uh, has to do with the WMSUG. Talking about Jesus, it says, um, he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here's why that's significant. One, it says it's the name of Jesus that's been been made the name above every name. And two, this is a prophecy. This is something that has not yet been fulfilled. Paul is clearly telling us that in the last days, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So everybody is going to finally acknowledge who Jesus truly is in the last days. This is a prophecy. This I would just ask, has this happened yet? Obviously, the answer is no. This hasn't happened yet. Well, if this is yet to take place in the future, that means that in the future, it will still be the name of Jesus that is being worshipped. It's still going to be the name Jesus Christ that, that people are bowing to and confessing to and worshipping. If this is a prophecy of the future, then what Paul is telling us is that Christ will not change his name to Ong Song Hong. It will be not. It will not be a different name that every knee is bowing to. Paul's putting so much emphasis in this passage on specifically the name of Jesus and and focusing in on that as the name above every name. And again, the significant thing that you have to consider is that this is a future prophecy of something that has not yet happened. If this hasn't happened yet, that means that in the future, it will still be the name of Jesus, that it's going to be the name of Jesus and not Ong Song Hong that people are saved by, that people bow to, that people worship. Okay, And this, strangely enough, agrees exactly, uh, well, strangely to the WMSUG, not to, to the, the truth of scripture, but it, it aligns perfectly with what Ong Song Hong says. Listen again to what he says. However, Salvation is found in no other name than Jesus, not only in his first coming, but even in the last days. Again, page 181 of uh, The Mystery of God and the Spring of the Water of Life. I would just encourage you, if you have a book, maybe if you have that book and it's a newer version and you don't have that quote, do a little bit of re research. Just dig into this a little bit. Um, look at, there. there's again, good resources like uh, the examining the WMSCOG that, that will provide the evidence and provide page numbers and things like that, where you can research uh, this a little bit more deeper. And you can find for yourself that this is this is what Ong Song Hong said. This is something that was in his book. This is something that the WMSCOG removed from their book because it, it doesn't, Ong Song Hong's own teachings don't fit with their agenda. Ong Song Hong's teachings about Jesus don't, don't, they don't stay in line in, 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 in all the pages of his books. They Sometimes his teachings get out of line with what the WMSCOG's agenda is and what they want to teach. And so what did they have to do? Well, they had to take those things out of his book. Well, God says don't add to or take away from the words of God. If 
Ong Song Hong is God, and he wrote these things in, the, in his books, how can you possibly justify removing them or changing them? You're changing the words of God. You're taking away from the words of God if he's God. Okay. Now he's not God. He, he's obviously not. And the churches, the WMCOGs teaching about him are obviously false because they contradict his own words. Um, okay. So lastly, last thing we're going to look at is Acts 1, uh, 9. Okay. So um, this is the ascension of Christ. Acts 1, verse 9, it says, After he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky, while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? Okay, now pay attention to this. He says, This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Okay, I'm going to find, look at how the, the other uh, translations say this. So the NIV version, it says, This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will came, come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. Okay, this is referencing this, the true second coming according to what the Bible's teachings are about it. What is the description of the second coming? given here in Acts 1.11 and doesn't match with the purported second coming that the WMSCOG teaches. Okay, let's look at what Acts 1.11, what these angels said the second coming of Christ would look like. One, they say when Christ comes for a second time, it's going to be this same Jesus who returns. If it's this same Jesus, well, let's think a minute about who this Jesus was. This was Jesus in a glorified body, a resurrected body, he was resurrected to life, never to die again, as the scriptures testify to. He was a Jewish man. He was a Jewish uh, uh, man who um, had scars on his hands from, from being crucified that, that Thomas was able to put his, hand, his fingers into and touch. He had a wound in his side from the spear. And his name was Jesus, the name above all names. Who do these angels, these men, whoever it was, some would probably disagree that it's angels. I think it's probably angels that, that were saying this same Jesus, this same guy, the same man with the name Jesus, with, with wounds in his hands, with a scar in his side, this Jewish man, this is the same Jesus that's going to return. Does that line up with the WMSC, uh, WMSCOG description of the second coming? Well, what do they say? They say he was born as a baby again, he, he uh, was born to two uh, uh, sinful parents, which, biblically speaking, would mean that the sin nature of Adam was passed into him, Ong Song Hong. He, he was a Korean man, uh, and he died again. Um, his name was Ong Song Hong, not Jesus. He wasn't Jewish. He was Korean. Does that, does that fit here? It doesn't. It doesn't fit here. We're told by Scripture that it's going to be this same Jesus who comes the second time. And then he, he goes on and it says, uh, he will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. Okay, now you can argue all day. You can, you can say that clouds refer to flesh and refers to coming in the flesh. And let's just, setting that aside for a minute, this verse could not be any more clear. You have to do some huge uh, uh, language gymnastics and, and um, uh, 
gymnastics in the way you interpret this. You have to jump around and do backflips and <laughs> all, all sorts of crazy stuff if you're going to say that this means that what, what the angels are trying to communicate is that when Christ came again, they said he's coming in the same way. If you twist that to say, oh, well, that means that he's going he's gonna to come in South Korea, be born to two human sinful parents. He's going to come as a man again. And as a Korean man and, and uh, restore Passover in, in South Korea. If you try to fit that into this phrase, he's coming back, he will come back in the same way you have seen him go, then I, there's just really no other way to say it other than say you're being dishonest. You, you, are, you are brutalizing this verse in, in your interpretation of it. Um, this, is, this is just a plain, straightforward statement. The disciples stood they saw Jesus physically ascend, and it says he was. Um, they were they were physically looking into the sky. If you look back at verse ten, it says, um, "Yeah, it says they were looking into the sky physically." And so he was taken up physically into the clouds, and they say he's going to come back in the same way that you, they just saw him go. I I think if you're going to be honest with this, if you're if you're going to be honest with this, you have to just take it, the plain meaning what it says. The disciples physically saw him go up in heaven. He's coming back the same way. That means he's gonna physically come back in the clouds, as is, again, as is testified in the scripture. And again, it's gonna be this same Jesus who will return. Not Ong Song Hong, not a Korean man, but Jesus Christ, the one through whom his name alone can we be saved. He, it's only salvation in him. It's, it's under heaven. Uh, God has given only what, what Jesus has provided as salvation. Nothing more needs to be added to it. Nothing, nothing can be taken away from it. Uh, we do not need a Korean man to come 2,000 years later and, and restore some supposed truth. That is not true. That is a lie. Christ's work, what he did, was a once-for-all work. It was complete. It is finished. And there is salvation in him. There's, there's complete and total salvation forgiveness of sins and uh and to wrap this up i just again point you to the peace the peace that you can find in jesus i i truly believe that right now even again referencing to the the difficult times the whole world is in right now with the virus and the fear and the anxiety that so many people are living in um, i just think of john 14 27 where jesus says peace i leave with you my peace i give you i do not give to you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid in Jesus, you can find this peace. This is a peace that we have in Christ, in his promises, the promises he's given us, that uh, he's given us peace. And it's a peace that he's not going to take away from us. It's not as the world gives. And this is only a peace uh, that he can give, not Ong Song Hong. This is a peace that comes from Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm.